0: Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I just wanna you know, start off by saying thank you guys for tuning in, for coming back week after week, for sending these episodes to friends, to family, to the group chats, coworkers. It means the world to me. I was listening um, in the car the other day to another podcast and I turned to Jake and I was like, wait, this is crazy. Does this mean like, like us listening to this show are people driving on road trips, listening to seeing other people? And he was like, yes, Alana, that's what people do. And I'm like, no way. Like that, that concept is crazy. But I feel so lucky and so grateful. So thank you guys. And you know, anytime you share with a friend, anytime you post an episode on your story, it really helps so much in getting the word out in the ability for me to continue doing these episodes and continue, you know, doing what I love and and hosting this show and getting great experts on and working with awesome brands so that I can, you know, pay the bills. We love all of that. We love paying bills. We don't love paying bills, but we love the ability to pay bills. I feel really lucky that I get to do this and get to share all of this with you. So thank you. That being said, if you have not yet sent this podcast to a friend, please do. I guarantee you can think of at least one or 50 friends who would learn something from this show. If you've not left a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify, whatever you're listening on, please, please do. It helps more than you know. And if you want to get dating advice directly from me, if you want to schedule a dating app profile revamp or an emotional support and human session, links are in the show notes for those. And of course, if you want to buy me a coffee, it's just a little, little love and support. I love it. I appreciate it. And it makes my world go round because I could not do this show without coffee, even though I actually don't drink it that much, but I always need it before a recording just to get me a little more upbeat. All that being said, today's episode is a phenomenal one. So great. I'm so excited to have Jake Tuff on the show. Jake and I have known each other for years and years. We've actually only met in person once and that is crazy to me, but we go way, way back and he is so great. He is here to answer a lot of your listener questions. Just, you know, sometimes you guys want a guy's perspective on. So I bring on my guy friends to share their perspectives and help you navigate your dating lives. So we have a lot of listener questions. We're going to talk about if he wanted to, he would. We're going to talk about texting. We're going to talk about if sleeping with a guy too early on makes them less interested. We're going to talk about what happens or what it means when they stop watching your stories. We're going to talk about the taxi cab theory from Sex in the City. Yes, I did have to look this up. But it's actually interesting. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Jake. He is going through a breakup right now. And he has learned a lot. So we're going to hear what he's learned. He just started therapy. He's been reading a lot of books, learning about his attachment styles, learning about love languages. So we're going to hear a lot about that relationship, that breakup, his journey. And he also recently, or like a year and change ago, moved from uh, the tri-state area over to Napa, California. So we talk a lot about what it's like moving to a new place and starting over in dating when you don't know that many people. Um, lots for us to talk about. Jake is so great. You can follow him at Jake, the producer, wherever you want to follow him. And again, just thank you so much for tuning in and for continuing to come back. It means the world and more. Holy shit. I'm excited for this episode.
1: Jake. Uh, Tuff, oh,
0: welcome. I
1: just, I just said I wasn't going to curse and you started at cursing. So that's good.
0: Well, I said you could
1: yeah I know, but I curse a lot, so I'm going to try and tone it
0: down a little bit. <laughs> well i this is amazing. I don't know why we didn't do this sooner. I mean, technically, a little background. Jake used to have a podcast and had me come on the podcast because he and his co-host Ricky wanted to talk to people who had ghosted Jake. yep, and apparently, I did that.
1: well, when then we discovered you didn't actually ghost me, but it was it was a good episode.
0: It was a good time. Now wow. we're here. On seeing now we're here
1: like a year and a half. This is actually a lot longer. Later, probably like, probably a good two years. years later.
0: Wow. Yeah, a lot has changed.
1: Well, I'm happy to be here.
0: I am so happy
1: to have you, Jake. Tell us who you are. I am Jake Tuff. I live in Napa, California. Um, I used to work in radio. I worked on Elvis during the morning show as their video producer for four years and then decided that I didn't want to be in radio anymore and decided to pick up my life and move to Napa, California and work in the wine world. And now I create wine content for a living. How much of the wine do you consume? So I don't like letting wine go to waste. So if we open something for (laughs) a shoot, it has to be drunken. Is that a word? Dranken? Drunk? Consumed. Consumed. It has to be consumed by somebody. So whether it's me or I give it to a friend, we don't let wine go to waste here.
0: I support that. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Why be wasteful when you can drink it and exactly. enjoy? <laughs> exactly. Amazing. So I imagine moving to, you know, across the country to Napa, to a new place, definitely impacted your dating life. Oh, yeah. What? I mean... What was that like? I remember actually when you first moved there, I saw all these videos. Like you're making people, you were posting videos of your friends saying like, why you should date Jake. I love those. I had to get creative. Where did that come from? Yeah. Tell me about that.
1: Because so I used to live in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is right across the river from New York city. If you're not familiar with it and dating in New York is its own crazy ball game, but there's so many options of humans right? Like there is an endless, you could never go through everyone on an app. No matter how small you set your radius, you're always going to find somebody new. And the biggest difference between there and here is Napa's a small town, right? And San Francisco is like the closest big city to Napa, but it's like 50 miles away.
0: Yeah. It's not that close.
1: No. And people don't, People who live in San Francisco, most people, I should say, don't want to get into something with someone who lives in Napa because it's not close.
0: Yeah. And I mean, so that's it's like being in New York City and deciding to date somebody from Long Island or Westchester. Right. Or it's when
1: like, I lived in Hoboken, and nobody in New York wanted to date, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I, that's I so mean, such a shorter difference. and But
0: it's like a $70 Uber.
1: Right. It is an expensive. I mean, especially now when I live there, it wasn't that bad, but now it's insane. Yeah. You can't do that. Uh, so... It was a big difference because it, your options are immediately dwindled down by like an absurd percentage. And that was definitely the hardest part. And like, I have one other single, well, I have a few single friends, but one really good single friend here. And we always have to ask each other if we've like matched with the same person, because otherwise you're going to be going out with the same person. You're going on dates and not realizing that you're going out with the same person. So right. it was, a, it was quite the change in the dating world for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. You know, I really have only have experience dating in New York City. And obviously, I talk a lot about that on the show. But people are like, well, I live in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't necessarily relate to all of this. I'm like, I totally understand that. And I don't expect you to relate to all of this. And I definitely feel for you. So that's why I'm like, kind of just excited to hear your experience, like dealing with that transition, because I imagine also like moving to a new place is a little lonely. Mm, yeah. Like, were you looking for someone looking for something when you first got there? Or were you just trying to, you know, get your feet wet and see what's out there? Like what was your intention when you first started dating out there?
1: When I first moved, I didn't download any of the apps for a few months because what I wanted to do, and I, this ended up being the best decision I could have ever made is I wanted to make a group of friends before I started dating. Because if I started dating and then, you know let's say something worked out and then we get close and we get into a relationship or whatever and then let's say it doesn't work out then what happens all your friends become their friends and all their friends become your friends and then you're just left with either very little amount of friends or no friends and i didn't want to get in that situation so i gave myself a few months and i'm really happy that i did that because i have a really solid group of friends out here which ended up coming in handy recently because i am newly single as of when we're recording this like Three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago. Yeah, you're you're going through a breakup right now. You're in it. Yeah, and it's it's great because well, not going through a breakup <laughs> it's it's not great. great. <laughs> no. <laughs> going through a breakup is not great, but it's great because I have this group of friends, and I didn't realize how amazing they were until this breakup happened because they just knew what I needed, you know, and they like knew how to be there for me. And it was really, really cool because these people are new friends. You know, they're not my lifelong friends. They're not people I went to high school or college with or or have spent years at a job with. These are people that I've known for a little over a year and I don't work with any of them. So it's it was just really cool to see that happen. And if I had to do it all over again, I would do it the exact same way where I make a group of friends first because you need those people to fall back on. Right. Like I just started going to therapy last week. Fun fact, which is really was like the best decision ever proud of you thank you and she asked me who is your social support and I was like social support what do you mean who's my social support she's like who do you rely on and I was like oh I never really thought about that right but it's like my friends I have this group of friends that are my social support yeah and if I didn't have them this would be so much more difficult
0: I think it's so smart the way you went about it and, you know, making that decision for yourself and really sticking to it because exactly to your point, like you could have been going through this alone, but instead you had people who even like pleasantly surprised you with how much they were able to be there for you. But it is so interesting. You know, I feel like as we get older, you know, people move, people settle down, get married, start families and stuff. And, you know, I always think about The friends I have now, and there are so many of them that I like love so much, but I do know the reality that, you know, in five, 10 years, we might all move to different places and our friends and our social support might become all of these different people who right now we do not know. And so even just to, you know, hear your experience that like you met these people a year ago and they already know what you needed is really comforting to me because it's scary to you know know that any big life transition or big life change or move is going to come with you know being away from some people and and getting to know new people and it's just it's it's something something that's so weird about like life and friendships but I love that that you had that and that they were there for you
1: yeah it's just kind of wild like you're right you know you have like I never expected myself to move across the country you know i my all of my friends and family or a majority of my friends and all of my families on the East Coast, and I had no desire to move. And one day I was just like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to do it, and I did it. And it's like you have no idea what to expect. And there was times where it was really lonely, you know. And there's still times where I feel kind of lonely. But you you just put yourself out there, and good things will come. You know, it's like if you put out good things into the world, good things will come back to you. And I fully believe that. And that's why I always try and be that person that makes a positive impact on people. Because, you know, like, especially in New York City, if people come and they have a bad experience with one person, they're like, oh, New York people are the worst. You know, like, I don't ever want to be that one person that gives somebody a bad taste in their mouth, no matter where it is that I live.
0: Totally. I'm curious. So do you plan to stay in Napa or on the West Coast for the long run? For the
1: time being, I think for the foreseeable future, I would say. You know, it's like I never expected to be out here in the first place. So who knows what life will bring. And I'm in my career, I've just kind of been letting things happen and it's worked out really, really well. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. And, you know, whatever happens, happens.
0: I think that's a really great answer because the reason I was asking that question was, you know, if someone were to ask you that on a date, because, you know, you didn't expect to end up out there. And I'm sure, you know, when you were making that decision you're like oh it'll just be for a few years and then I'll come back but you know when we're in this stage of our lives where we do like want to find somebody when when we go on dates with people and find out okay they're not from here their family isn't here like are they going to stay here or does this mean i have to move and you know i've ended up in Situationships with people who live across the country or who I knew. Like, I've been in relationships with people where I knew they wanted to end up in California and I wanted to end up in New York. So that's kind of why I asked that. But I actually think that your answer to my question was the perfect thing to say on a date. It's always
1: scary, though, to answer that question on a date because I find myself wanting to give the answer that they want to hear, you know, because you were like trying to conform to what they want, which, you know, learning a lot about myself through this breakup (laughs) and going to therapy and, uh, but what I've learned is like, I just need to tell it how it is. Right. Because normally I'd be like, yo, I don't know. I could say here, I could move back, you know, not understanding necessarily what they want to do, just wanting them to hear what they want to hear. But now I'm like, no, this is, this is my plan. And it's like, if this works out between us, then awesome. And if not, then if not just because of the location, then it wasn't meant to be. Right.
0: Yeah. Damn. Okay. So I want to hear about this breakup obviously i'm going to pry okay because you can't just say like you know i'm going through a breakup and not tell me what happened so i was hoping we would just move on from that (laughs) what happened (laughs) uh what happened the long story short of it if you can we don't need to do the whole therapy session you're just catching your therapist up on everything we don't need to make you go through that again
1: long story short is just that we were very different and it took a long time to figure that out Because in the beginning of a relationship, like I was saying, how I always want to answer questions the way people want to hear it, you are more okay with conforming to what the other person wants or compromising a lot. And then as time goes on, you start to realize, you know, you start to like actually learn who the person is and what they're really like, because for the first however long, I don't know you don't really know the person, right? That's why it always makes me so crazy when people move in together like super super fast cuz I'm like you literally do not know this person.
0: You yes. just don't.
1: And and I think it just took us a few months to really understand each other and and we were both trying really hard to make it work. But that was kind of part of the issue is that it it wasn't it just wasn't working, right? Like we shouldn't have had to try so hard in the very beginning of a relationship to make it work. And, you know, I like watch your content. You're like, you will find this person that, you know, doesn't make you anxious or doesn't make you think these things and whatever. And it's like, that's how you know. And then I'm like, hmm, maybe this is not the right relationship for me. And she's the one that ended it, which I'm kind of happy that she did because I would have kept it going. Right. Because I'm like such a hopeless romantic. And I just was in such a place to be in a relationship and was so happy that I was finally in a relationship after like two or three years of being single and was just like so, so, so attracted to everything about her. And so I would have done whatever it take to keep it going. And so I always look back I'm like, was there anything I could have done to to change this? And the answer is yes, I could have done things that would have prolonged the relationship, but I finally accepted the fact that there's nothing that I could have done that would have kept it going for the long run. So it ended up being a good thing that it ended. And to go back to the original question of what happened was that we just weren't really compatible and we were had very different needs. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't going to work out.
0: I can really relate to your position in this where you would have kept trying to make it work because that's exactly how I am too. And I can also imagine how hard that was because in the back of your mind, you knew it wasn't working. You knew it didn't feel right. But you're like, well, there's got to be some way to make this work. And, you know, I've been in situations like that where, you know, them ending it with me and and cutting the cord, as hard as it was in that moment, I also knew it was a weight being lifted off my shoulders because I was never going to do it. But it did need to happen. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's that's always the hardest thing when you're in it, right, of realizing, like, what is it that is you can deal with that you want to compromise on things or you want to change something change the way you do something to make it work and then what is it that's like just too much and not it's just too much and it just won't work right and that's always where i struggle of of taking a step back and looking at it from the outside view of like what is this really right and recently i just started reading this book attached have you ever read that Mm -hmm. so good i feel like i'm literally listening to a book about myself it's crazy because i'm like a super anxious attached person like if you were to look up all of the characteristics of anxious attached human that's literally me like they're describing me to a t and we had very different attachment styles and that was another big thing and it was like the book was like well if you're this is well, was
0: she avoidant
1: yes and uh, anxious and avoidant, avoidant together is just they basically were like good luck in the book. Yeah. If you're anxious attached and they're avoidant attached. And the crazy thing is I didn't realize for the longest time that that's what the situation was. And that's the other hard thing, right? Like this always goes back to taking a step back when you're in it and realizing what it actually is. Because I was so blinded by like how attracted to her I was. Right. And didn't really see it for what it was, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's hard. I don't blame you. It's, you know, those beginning stages, you're in the honeymoon phase, you have the rose colored glasses on and you don't want to take them off because everything is sparkly. Everything is exciting. And all you want is to keep it going. So it is so hard. But then when these issues start to come into play, you're not like, well, is this a big problem? It's like, well, how can I resolve these? How can I put band-aids on them? Right.
1: And that's, excuse me, that's kind of how it was. It was like, well, I can, you know, I'll like, we can compromise on this and what, it was just too much, you know, it was like, but it's also really disheartening because in the beginning, when you're both doing things to kind of make yourself, what's, how do I word this? And I think in the beginning of a relationship, everybody is not really their true selves.
0: Yeah. Cause you want to be putting your best foot forward and all that, which isn't, really a great thing.
1: Right. But then, you know, so I was like so excited because in the beginning it was so awesome and it was, you know, it was working and it was, we were having a great time and it was just, it was just awesome. And then you start to slowly be more yourself. And that's when I, when I guess we both realized that this just is not, we're not meant to be together.
0: Well, let me ask you a question because you mentioned, you know, like, you're so excited to be in a relationship after like two, three years of not or however long it was. Do you think any part of you was excited that it was a relationship versus excited about her? Yes. And my
1: friends have asked me the exact same thing, you know, especially during the breakup. They're like, are you sad because you're not with her anymore? Or are you sad because you're not in a relationship? And I was like, damn, I hate you for asking that. But right. Right. That's a really good question.
0: Right, it's crazy. And it,
1: it was it was kind of both. Like I don't want to look back. I don't look back at this at all with any sort of like negative connotations, yeah. which is amazing. And you know, it didn't end with like us in a crazy fight. It just ended because it wasn't working. And so I do miss her. Right, like we had amazing times together, and it was so much fun. But then I'm like, do I really miss? Is it her the reason that I'm so upset, or is it because I was so happy to be with someone and somebody that I thought was going to turn into something, you know? And that's the other thing about being anxious attached is I'm always like immediately looking into the future. I'm like, Oh, I could see us doing this and this and this. And then you get that into your brain and then it just screws you over. And then you see yourselves
0: walking down the aisle and that's way too fast. (laughs)
1: It's ridiculous. Like the crazy thing is, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but every time I'm with somebody like in the very beginning of relationships, I like always think about how I would propose oh and it's i usually like have a really good idea very quickly because you know i like i like to get close to people and i like to form relationships quickly with people whether it's friendships or relationships you know it's just i like to be around people and that's one of the things that i found and one of the reasons i started going to therapy is because i hate being alone yeah right i really do and it's like i'm trying to figure out if that's really an issue or if that's just me like i like being with other people and i like hanging out with people you know like six out of the seven days a week i hang out with my friends because i don't like just sitting around doing nothing or being by myself i like to experience life with other people and i like going through life with other people and sharing these experiences and doing different things and so that's kind of on the journey that i'm on right now to figure out of like do i need to be (coughs) excuse me do i need to be alone or You know, I don't know. I don't know what the or is.
0: (laughs) Was the deep, deep, deep part of the pandemic really difficult for you?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yes, I know. I would say no, because I was just constantly FaceTiming people
0: constantly. And I was dating. I
1: was FaceTime dating. You know, it was terrible, but good times. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but it was definitely super lonely. And one of the reasons why I moved across the country, cause I was like, well, if I can be away from people for this long, I can move across the country and see
0: them just as often. That's true. I'm curious what your therapist is going to say about, you know, like if you need to be spending more time alone or if it's just your personality and, and you like being with other people all the time and if that's okay. So well, keep us here's, posted. here's oh.
1: what I'm going to ask her today. Funny, fun fact. I have her in like an hour actually. Uh, it's been three and a half weeks now since i the relationship ended. Is it a bad idea for me to get back on dating apps right now, knowing that I hate being alone and I don't like the feeling of not being with someone?
0: Well, I heard a rumor that is very contradictory to this, which is that you had a goal to be single for a few months well, yeah but
1: <laughs> that is that is true. I did want to be single until uh yeah, for like two months, probably.
0: And this, I heard this rumor about, about a week ago. So yeah, now we're, so <laughs> we're now we're like far far seven weeks now, so I, going back on that, <laughs> I know because I hate
1: it, you know, it's like, but do I need to just force myself to do it? So I don't know. We'll see. What don't you like do about that? it? About being alone? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. See, here's the thing. This is what I what I've been discovering is that when my therapist asks me questions, I'm like, I don't really know the answer to that, but then I know the opposite, right? Like I know why I like being with people, but I don't know why I don't like being with people. Right? Like I like being with people because I like to share moments in life with other people, you know? If something amazing happens, it's not as fun when when you're alone. Right? Like yeah. if I have a uh let's say there's a giant spider in my apartment and I kill it, the satisfaction is way higher when someone else is there to share that moment with you.
0: Well, that's when you get to record it and put it on TikTok.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> and Our coping just,
0: mechanisms in 2022. Right,
1: you just find, <laughs> and that was another thing is I I started replacing this like void in my life of the relationship with social media. And so I deleted yeah. the apps for like a week and a half because I my screen time was getting insane. And I was like, I need to not stare at Instagram every three seconds of the day.
0: I'm so jealous and and I really had the most blissful few months. Back in 2020, it was probably like mid-January. I started, I was going through a breakup and in a really bad place. And I ended up deleting Instagram and TikTok and all the social media apps. Um, But I had to keep, I was working at Hinge at the time. So I had to, for my job, still be on the Hinge Instagram, but that was fine because I wasn't interested in what was on the feed. You know, Hinge didn't follow my ex-boyfriend, so I wasn't trying to check his shit all the time. And I ended up, you know, pandemic broke out, and I lasted for about like a month into, you know, being at home in COVID. And then I was like, eh, I'm bored. I'll re download it, whatever. But those three months were incredible, and I wish, I wish I could do it again, but I just don't have that luxury unfortunately yeah now you've decided to make it your full-time job so yeah that's all right you win some you lose some well eventually
1: you'll have somebody be able to do it for you and you won't ever have to actually open the app are you
0: applying for no, this job not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, we, I'm we sure we can find somebody very good when you need it
0: yes okay Let's switch gears. I want to get into listener questions. You guys sent in amazing questions. Thank you for doing that. If you didn't see, um, if you're not following the seeing other people Instagram, please do, because that's where I post the question boxes so that you guys can ask your questions to me and my guests. So Jake, what are your thoughts on if he wanted to, he would.
1: Mm. Wow. I think it's true. I, I really believe it because But here's the thing. I'll caveat this with something of that. I think love languages probably play a big role in this where they, you may feel like you need something that is not necessarily the way that somebody else gives or shows affection, you know? So it it can be misconstrued as like, they're not trying, but in reality it may just be that that's just not how they communicate or that's not their love language. But at the end of the day, I will stick by if he, what is it If he wants to, he would. If he wanted to, he would. Yeah, because, you know, like when you text someone and they don't text back for three days and they're like, sorry, I was so busy. You're telling me there wasn't a single point in time in those three days that you could respond to a text message, to one text message. Right. Like if you're thinking about it and you want to do it, then do it. And I, I think that statement is, is pretty true. You know, people that want to put in the effort are going to put
0: in the effort. I have a really hard time with this phrase because Why? I agree in that example. You know, if he wanted to text you back, you would. However, kind of like you said, somebody might not know what you want. So, you know, maybe he would give you the validation that you need in the way that you need it, but he doesn't know that you need it in a certain way. Maybe, you know, he would ask you out on a date that week, but he's literally busy every single night that week and can't until the next week. So he's just waiting until that weekend to bring up a plan. I don't know. I think there are a lot, I think it's very circumstantial. Yeah, I'm not trying to excuse people's behavior. I know I give people the benefit of the doubt to a fault where it ends up hurting me. Um, but I also see that side of it where it's like, yeah, if he wanted to see you, he would make it happen. Um, but it's tough. I feel like it's this blanket statement that ends up really hurting people.
1: Yeah. You know, you, you're right. You have to look at the circumstance. I think it also goes back to my point of like being able to take a step back and look at it from the outside because you can, it's really easy to look at it from your perspective and not necessarily see it from their point of view, you know, but then like, let's say they really want to hang out with you, but they're busy every week. Right. If I say, hey, do you want to, if I say to somebody, hey, do you want to grab a drink this week? And they're like, "Mm, I can't, I'm super busy. That's a lot different than them saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm like super busy this week, but how about next Tuesday? Totally. You know, so so I think in every situation, there is a way for somebody to do what it is that they want to do. It's just also there's always going to be the circumstance of like, it's just not possible, you know, or it's just not how you think it actually is.
0: Yeah. And then I think there are also situations where, you know, somebody wants to do something, but they're afraid, you know, like they've been hurt before. So they are scared to commit or last time they asked somebody to be their girlfriend. The girl said no and left. So they're taking a little longer or, you know, they really want to tell you how they feel, but they haven't had Experience doing that. So, like, they don't know how to, or they can't find the opportunity to, they don't know when to. So, I do think, yes, if somebody really likes you, hopefully they will make it known. But I also think you can't just sit back and say, like, oh, well, it's up to him. And if he wanted to, he would. Like, no, you can also ask them out. You can also ask them how they're feeling. Right. And like share how you're feeling so that they have the chance to understand where you're coming from. You can also let them know like, hey, I feel a little anxious when I don't hear from you over text. I'm a really big texter. And so like, I'm not sure if you're not, but it would you know mean a lot to me if you texted me more, I'd feel a lot more validated and like comfortable with where we are. You know, like they might just not know that you want something.
1: Yeah, you always make that point of like, don't wait for somebody to make the first move, right? Like if you want to text somebody, text somebody, you don't have to play these games. And, and that's yeah. such a good point. And it's like, If there's, you know, like you shouldn't just wait. Well, I guess my point here is that there's no excuse for somebody to not put in the effort that you deserve, but also there's no reason that you can't do something. Right. You know, you can't send that first text or you can't ask them out, right? Like, just do it. Who cares?
0: You asking them out is not going to change whether or not they want to go out with you. If they want to go out with you, they want to see you again. They will see you again and they will go out with you. If they were not interested, then at least you then have your answer. But yep. you asking the question is not going to change their answer. Definitely not. All right. Woo. Solved that one. <laughs> so if you wanted to, he would. we, we were still un- undefined, yeah. <laughs> unclear, circumstantial, situational. We did not solve anything. All right. Why are guys generally bad at texting? So I guess, first of all, do you agree with this? Oh, I don't it think the same so. Same thing as
1: if he wanted to, he would. Well, so it's interesting because I am a good texter, but also, what makes a good texter and bad texter? You know, it's like, I'm a good texter, and my, <clears throat> the relationship I just got out of, she hated texting. Ouch. So it's kind of the opposite situation here. I yeah. don't think most guys are bad at texting. I think maybe you're just talking to guys that don't really want to be talking to you or are not really that into it.
0: I think that anybody can be a good texter. If there's a difference between motive- If there's motivation for it.
1: Well, it, it's just like, how do you define what's a good texter? Right. Like, would you say that you're only a good texter if you respond to me within 10 minutes of my text? Right. Cause that's just kind of ridiculous in my opinion, right? Like people are busy, people are doing yeah. things. And I think there's obviously a, a, a period of time that will pass that it's just rude if you don't respond. Right. But, you know, I wouldn't say that all guys are bad texters.
0: I agree. I look. I've met guys who are good texters. I've met guys who are bad texters. I've met guys who go from being great texters to not great texters when they're no longer interested in me, yep. and and the opposite has happened where the texting is really spotty in the beginning, and then we form a connection, and then all of a sudden, best texter ever. Um, I've also been on the opposite side where I've been a really good texter and then decided I'm no longer interested in someone or not sure how I feel, and there is a clear difference that at that point in my texting cadence in how much I'm continuing the conversation, how long I'm waiting to respond. So I think it's important to pay attention to those things. Like people always ask me, I know this is a different question, but people always ask like, how can I tell, like, are they just a bad texter or are they not into me? And I'm like, well, did the texting change? If it's been consistent, I wouldn't worry that they're not into you. If it's been consistent, they're still talking to you. They're just not that responsive, like not... You know, you're know, you not having the best conversations over text, fine. If it's been that way the whole time, you have nothing to worry about. But if they went from being a great texter to not so great of a texter, that's a sign that things are not going well.
1: Yeah. You know, the other crazy thing that's that I learned from this book, Attached, is that anxious, attached people are more likely to be able to pick up on small emotional changes. Which I think is where you and I can pick up on these texting changes pretty easily, right? Because we'll notice how things are for a while and you notice when it's like a slight difference. But then it the the book also pointed out that like you have to be able to give it the time to really understand the situation where like you can't just jump to a conclusion and it'll benefit you. The way you benefit most from that is to like take a step back and look at the situation or give it a little bit of time. Which is just so funny because I always notice those little changes in text. So then it made me think like, does not everybody see these changes when they happen.
0: And it's funny because in us noticing them, it's because we're overthinking every little thing because we're anxious. Right, exactly. And we want to like put meaning to everything. It's horrible. Hate it here. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Same.
0: But it's what we do. All right. Does sleeping with a guy too early on make them less interested in dating long-term? No.
1: I mean, how early are we talking here? Like if somebody... I I would say no because I mean if if somebody sleeps with me on the first I don't really sleep with people on the first date so it's kind of hard to say that but if if someone does sleep with me on the first date I would probably see it as they're not interested in something long term but I don't think so sleeping so then with your somebody answer is yes well no because how or how early like early on doesn't necessarily mean first date early on could mean second or third date
0: okay well let's let's go date by date then okay. <laughs> First How much date? time do we have here? <laughs> so Day by
1: day. If you day, sleep with
0: someone on the first date, yeah. your assumption is that they're not interested in something long-term.
1: No, but I would be less likely to think that
0: they're interested in something long-term. But would you be less interested in dating them long-term?
1: For me personally, yes, because I wouldn't sleep with someone on the first date if I'm interested in dating them long-term. And why is that? Uh, I don't know, just because I want to, I want to like have some sort of interaction before you just jump right into sex with someone. I agree. I mean, second date, you know, maybe, but (laughs) first date, no, I've like, I think, you know, first dates are so important in, in figuring out if you want to go on a second date and then you should, you know, Logan, Yuri in her book. I've been reading so many books lately. This is great.
0: I'm very proud of you. In
1: How to not die alone. She says you should always go on the second date, you know, unless there's like some big reason why you definitely not going on, on the second date. But like the second day is when you really can get a better idea of if you're compatible or not. And I agree with that. And so if you're sleeping with someone on the first date, then it's like, I don't know. You're skipping over that whole trying to actually figure out if this could be a thing.
0: I also think it changes the dynamic. It's like, yeah. well, are we going to do this every time now? And then, you know, let's say you do it the first time and then on the second date also, and then on the third date it doesn't happen, then you're questioning, oh, is something wrong?
1: Because right. It's also now more fun when you,
0: questions. like, build up when you sexual know somebody, t- Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay. So it does make you less interested in dating long term. Yes. Okay. Oh, well, that changed. <laughs> <laughs> that was that went from a hard note i know it was like a immediate no. No. So that's why we talk about these things that's yeah. why we talk about these things yeah yeah but again like depends on the timing depends on you know how much you've gotten to know each other right all that all right i shouldn't worry about these small things but why would a guy suddenly avoid watching my stories
1: oh i'm confused by this i feel like we need more details is it somebody you're dating Is it somebody you're just talking to? Are they just not on the app?
0: and And we don't like making assumptions, but I assume it's somebody that they've been talking to.
1: Are they just taking a break from social media? Are they just not on the app? Are they just, is your story just not coming up in the top of their feed anymore? You know, it could be a million things. It could be a million things. That's one of those things where I don't, I would never look at that as a sign of they're not interested cuz what a petty thing to do to be not it's to show you're not interested in somebody, right? Like if that's what they're doing to show they're not interested, get rid of them now and save yourself all the trouble.
0: Yeah. And with that, I mean, I think if you're at this point with somebody where you're checking these things, you're checking to see if they're active on Instagram or any other app when they haven't texted you back, you know, maybe they haven't texted you back, but they posted a be real, whatever it may be. I think if you're at that point, it's already doomed. If I'm being honest, hmm. because you don't feel safe or secure with them. You don't feel, you know, comfortable enough to ask where they're at or to express what's causing you anxiety. And and again, it could be really early on. But I think once you're doing these things, you really don't, you don't feel good in this situation. Right.
1: Yeah, it goes back to earlier when I was like, you know, when you were, I say that you always say that when you're in the right situation, you'll just know, you know, it's but here's the crazy thing. Like when I first, when I talk to people or I'm dating somebody, I will check to see if they look to my Instagram story, but I'm thinking like, why? Who cares? Why do I care? You know, why right. does it matter if they see that I posted some ridiculous Instagram story of me like eating fried cheese or whatever it is. Like, I don't know what, what, what validation does that give us that they watched what stick, you posted
0: world we live in Jay, right?
1: Like seriously though, what, why, what about, why does that give us validation that they watched or looked at something that you posted on the internet?
0: Chances are they were on the toilet and they looked at a hundred at the same time and the algorithm put yours in there cause they recently followed you or cause you know, Instagram knows you're talking, right? I, One quick caveat. I don't necessarily think that it's like when you're with the right person, you know. My experience was that all of the wrong people, I was super fucking anxious. And then when I met my Jake, I felt really calm. And that's what allowed me to really be myself and let him get to know me and get to know him. So it's not that I, you know, we went on a few dates and I knew that was actually not the case at all. I really like wasn't sure for a while. Um, But I wasn't checking to see if he was active on Instagram. I wasn't checking to see if he was watching my stories or not um, because I felt really safe in the situation. I felt like I knew where he stood because he communicated with me and that gave me the opening to communicate back with him about where I stood. Um, So I do think there's a difference, but yeah. uh, I think if you, are checking that a guy is watching your stories and they're suddenly not watching your stories. And you think that that's a sign that they're no longer interested. This is not the guy. This is not the guy. This is not the situation. It's not it. You also
1: made an interesting point there of like you communicated because he communicated, right? Is that what you said?
0: Mm -hmm. And I felt safe because he communicated.
1: Right. And I'm like, it takes people so long to get to certain things or maybe they're not comfortable talking about certain things, but like maybe the other person's feeling the same thing. So if you just, you know, and this is a note to me too, like just be yourself from the beginning. Why, like, why do we try so hard to make something work that we don't, that might not, what am I trying to say here? Like, why do we try so hard to to conform to other people? Like, don't you want to be with someone who you can get along with just by being yourself from the very beginning, right? But it's like, my answer to myself is that, no, I get blinded by how attracted to them I am. Right? I'm like, oh, you, you know, you put them on a pedestal or whatever it is, and then, and then you just do whatever you can to make make it work. But, you know, maybe if you said something that you wanted to say, then it'll make them open up to say something that they wanted to say, and that's either going to lead to something really good or it's going to make you realize that it's not
0: right for you. Exactly, and it doesn't have to be any crazy like grand statement that that's not what you you don't have to like open up your heart and pour out your soul to this person on a second date like for me it was literally a matter of jake saying i had a great time and want to see you again that's literally all it took for me to feel calm in this situation and to feel like oh i don't have to worry about anything i don't have to go crazy overthinking every single thing because i already know where he stands Mm -hmm. But yeah, we try so hard to make situations work. And, you know, I feel like going back to kind of the question your friends asked you of like, are you sad because of the breakup with her? Are you sad because it's a breakup and you wanted the relationship? It's like, did you ever stop to ask yourself, like, if you, when you were dating her, like, if you really liked her or if you liked being in a relationship?
1: Right. No, I definitely, definitely really liked her and it was like from the first date, like we had such a freaking awesome first date and then we didn't see each other for like six weeks after the first date because so many things happened. Her friend got COVID, blah, blah, I went away and there were so many opportunities for it to just fizzle out, you know, like especially in today's world, six weeks after a first date, you don't see somebody like the chances of that happening again. No way. What did you do on your first date? Uh, we just went to some bar and had one drink. You just had and a great It was time. like awesome. Oh. And then in between our first and second day, we had a four and a half hour FaceTime. I've never FaceTimed with anyone that long in my entire life. And then from that moment, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like we just really get along and we have a good time. And like we have so many of the same values and blah, blah. But then it's those little things, you know, it's those little it's your love language or your attachment style, you know, and I'm not saying that that's the end all be all. But there were things that just. One of us was not willing to compromise on and it wasn't going to work. So it just takes time. Yeah, that it, does. it takes time to get to know somebody. It takes time to get over somebody. I'm like, oh, I, this was yeah. my fourth serious girlfriend at this point. And it's been like crazy different every single time, you know, I'm mean, obviously it's different people, but even the breakup has been crazy different every time. And I feel like this one has been the easiest breakup because I kind of knew, you know, like we were talking about, I knew, I knew it wasn't right. And so when she ended it, I was like, mm, I'm not, I'm like, not even going to try and fight for this because I'm, you know, we're on the same page now.
0: I mean, honestly, it's good that she did it when she did it because oh, yeah. you guys could have gone on like this for who knows how long. And then it, then it would have been tough. Hmm. Yeah. That made it a lot easier also is that it ended pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited about this next question. I had to look this up. The question is, do you believe in the taxi cab theory from Sex and the City? So, I had to look it up. Okay.
1: Don't know if you're... I don't know what
0: it is. I didn't know either. Um, (laughs) The theory is that basically men are like taxis. When they're ready to commit to a relationship, they turn their available light on and the first woman to climb on board is the one. So the quote is, um, Miranda said, Men are like cabs. When they're available, their light goes on. They wake up one day, decide they're ready to settle down, have babies, whatever, and they turn their light on. Next woman they pick up, boom, that's the one they'll marry. It's not fate, it's dumb luck. Hmm.
1: Noah, because I would say my taxi cab light was on when I met, when my last relationship and I met, but it wasn't like, this is the it. One. Yeah, yeah, you know? You, it wasn't like I'm ready. The next person I go out with is going to be the one. It was like, you, you know, I still want to get to know people and develop a relationship before I decide that. Even if I'm deciding in my head how I'm going to
0: propose to you already. What about the flip side of this, though, where it's like. Do men, I guess, have to actively decide, like, yes, I'm ready to be in a relationship
1: yeah, in that, order to be in a relationship. One. you know like i have a friend who's the most amazing at being single and he doesn't want a relationship right now and somehow he goes on a lot of dates and has a lot of fun and just finds these people that are okay with not you know it's like he they want the same thing that he wants but like i could say the same thing right like doesn't the woman that i want to date have to be ready for a relationship too isn't that like a conscious decision that you have to make as a human
0: yeah. I guess I just, I think that the female experience is leaning, has leaned more towards, you know, wanting a relationship and meeting guys who don't want relationships.
1: Yeah. I guess. Cause I've, I've never really had the problem where I like meet people who are just like, no, I'm not looking no. for anything.
0: And that's been half of my past situationships. But
1: I also think it's, it's because of how I communicate, right? Like True. I come on strong from the beginning because of my anxious attachment, right? And that puts out the vibes of like, I'm looking for something, right? Because I'm not the type of guy that is going to make you wonder all the time how I feel or you're going to be like, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to see him again. And it's not because I say these things, it's just because of how... I communicate I guess like not necessarily even being like hey I'm looking for a relationship it's more of like the if somebody's talking to you all the time and comes on pretty strong you're not going to be like oh this guy just wants to have sex with me
0: right yeah that's very true though I will say I have friends who that happens and they're like are like are they going to leave the second we do have sex but what do you mean? With like the, like if they're texting, yeah, no, like I have girlfriends who are like, oh, this guy's texting me so much. Like, I feel like he's just coming on so strong to like get what he wants. And then he's going to be out.
1: Oh yeah, that happens. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Because it's that's no the other problem. thing. Like, I don't know. Sex is a big, like intimacy is a big part in a relationship. Right. And if it's doesn't click, then I mean, I guess anything is, solvable but I don't know sometimes you just you sleep with someone you're like no I can't do this again
0: has that happened for you
1: yeah definitely
0: it's not you it's me right. um No, it's, not okay.
1: me. it's definitely you
0: I want to ask you a question um because I know you have a lot of female friendships mm-hmm. and I'm curious how you've navigated that when you've been in serious relationships, because I know that this can sometimes be tricky. Um, so I'm curious if it's been tricky for you or if, you know, you've been upfront about it or if there have been any moments of jealousy or tension about, you know, can you continuing to hang out with or talk to your girlfriends when you have a romantic girlfriend? This has probably been one
1: of the biggest issues I've had in relationships. And I had one relationship that, it ended because it was just like every female in my life was a problem. And I'm not the type of person that's going to stop being friends with people because I'm in a relationship with someone that doesn't want me to be friends with them, right? Like I know who the people in my life are that are really good people and who I want to keep around. And I'm not going to get rid of those people because somebody doesn't like, is not comfortable with the fact that I have friends that are female, right? Like if you can't accept the fact that I can have these friends and not be having sex with them that's not, you know, maybe there's things that I can do to make you feel better about it. And I'm not saying it's all on the other person, but there has to be some level of acceptance there. And so now moving forward, after that was like, I don't even know how long ago. It was a long time ago. But after that, it is a conversation I have with people very early on of like, I have a lot of female friends, right? And like, I always approach the conversation differently depending on the person, but it's always something that I bring up because if somebody is extremely jealous person, it's not going to work. It's just, I just can't be with somebody who is super, super jealous. And I know that about myself. And that like is one of the things that I picked up from past relationships, right? Like, so that every relationship that I'm, that is ending, I'm picking something else up about myself. It's just what, what are things that I can deal with? And what are things that, you know, I want in somebody else? And what is something that somebody else wants in me? And I just know I can't be with someone who's super jealous because the female friends will always become an issue. And it's happened multiple times before. And it's hard, you know, because I've just always connected more or more easily with women my whole life. And so for me to date somebody who isn't okay with me having a lot of female friends, just it just, that's not an option for me.
0: How far into a relationship, or I guess how early on is the better question, are you picking up on the fact that it's a problem?
1: Uh, it depends because it always will show up at different times, right? Like that's why on I'd say like the second or third date, I always bring up the fact that I have a lot of female friends because I don't want to get too far into something with somebody and then realize they're not okay with this.
0: How do they respond to that? Because I feel like that's a little trickier than navigating like I want kids and then being like, I don't want kids,
1: right? Uh, it's always, well, not always, I'd say majority of the time they're like, yeah, that's not a problem. And then it becomes a problem, you know, (laughs) because you want to, you want to say to the thing that the person wants to hear, nobody's like, oh, I'm actually really jealous. So I'm not gonna be able to deal with this. They're going to be like, okay, well, I can deal with this. So I'm going to say it's okay. And then it just shows up over time. But at least I am upfront about the fact that there's a lot of females in my life. And if that's going to be an issue, that's something you should seriously consider.
0: Yeah. It's tough because it's like on one hand, I've been a very jealous person, but I've been a very jealous person when I think that when I feel that there's a threat. Mm. And if you have these strong friendships that you've had for years and you've always been this way and you're aware of that and you can upfront say to the person like, I do not have an interest in any of these people. They are my friends. They may as well have a penis. They'd still be my close friends to me like I am not interested in them. If I was, I would have pursued them a long time ago. I didn't. I'm interested in you. It's like it's tough that you can't that that point sometimes doesn't get across and I understand both sides of it because I've had things like that said to me and it it hasn't mattered. And it's like, "Well, then why do you want to spend time with them and not me?" Right. Like, well, well, what are you talking to them about?
1: Here's the, that I don't know. Here's the other side of that where right? like I'm making it sound like I'm totally not jealous ever, which is not true. Right. So I had a relationship where she had a lot of male friends, which is not that in itself doesn't bother me. It was she had slept with more than one of her male (laughs) friends and I never knew which ones it was because I very much did not want to know. And that made me uncomfortable. But you just like need to understand that if they didn't want to be with you and they wanted to be with them, they would be with them. Yeah. Right. Like, but,
0: but what if there's a situation where they wanted to be with them, but the other one didn't want to be with them back? So right. then they ended up with you.
1: Yeah. I mean, Sorry. that's happened to me. You know, yeah. there was somebody that I was super interested in that I was close friends with, and they were just not interested. And then we just have developed a good friendship. And that's hard. That's a hard situation. But at the end of the day, still if I didn't want to be with the person that I was with, I wouldn't be with them. Right. And yeah. that's what you always need to go back to in your mind. Like, that's how I deal with the the like jealous thoughts of like, you're in a relationship with this person. If they wanted to be in a relationship with the other person, they would not be in a relationship with you. Yeah. But it's hard. It's really hard, especially hard. With, like, I mean, everyone's got a little bit of jealousy, you know, there's no way that you can be totally, totally not jealous of anything ever. It's just not possible. Right. If not you completely. are, please DM me and let me know your secrets.
0: share it with us. Tell us how. Yeah. I mean, look, I think you're doing the best you can in that situation, which is just being honest and upfront about it. And, you know, I guess to anyone on the other side of that, like, don't be afraid to ask questions, I guess, or if you feel threatened, like let them know. And I'm sure that if they really like you and care about you, they can reassure you. And maybe it's like whenever you're hanging out with some of your girlfriends, like sending a text every hour, just to like, Remind the person, like, hey, I'm thinking of you. Like, who knows? Everyone needs something different, but I think there are ways to work around it. Right. Yeah. Jake, final question. Are you ready? Yes. Done, done, done. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received?
1: Oh, man. Oh, um, I don't know. This is a horrible way to end, but honestly, it's tough. Just that like to, I guess it would just be to just like be you and stop trying to be somebody that you're not to impress somebody because that's not going to work. And when you're yourself you know like i remember when i first got into the my last relationship it was so easy to be like yeah you know when the right person comes along it's everything else will be worth it and then when you're single you're like well yeah but now i'm i'm just not happy right now you know but it it really is that there is somebody out there and there is somebody out there that will it will work with but you being somebody different is not going to make that go any faster or make you end up with somebody that you really should be with. And that's what I'm going to take into my next relationship, whenever that is, is from the very start, stop trying to be somebody that you're not and just answering the questions how you think they wanted to answer, right? It's not a job interview. You're not trying to get a job. You're trying to get into something long-term possibly that you want to be who you are. And if they can't like you for that, then screw them
0: next week on therapy with jake (laughs) we'll be talking no that was so beautiful and and perfect and i I couldn't agree with you more jake thank you so much for being here where can everybody find you is there anything specific you want to shout out whatever you got take the floor
1: uh you can follow me on instagram at jake the producer if you're ever in napa hit me up i have a list of places because people always dm me and ask me for recommendations so i'll just send you that copy and paste my list
0: you should (laughs) just make a highlight
1: Honestly, that's a really good idea.
0: I I'm have do that. one good idea a day. Today goes to you. Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> you using it on me today. Anytime. Um, and guys, Jake only likes blue M&Ms. So if yeah. you ever have a dressing room for him, no green M&Ms, no <laughs> any other color, just blue. Definitely no red. No red. No red. Absolutely not thank you so much for being here to everyone who tuned in thank you for listening please 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 send this episode to a friend to a co-worker to the whole group chat that is how the world goes round, and that is how I can continue doing this and sharing the love and, and getting you all these episodes so send it to a friend if you love this please follow Jake the producer he's a great follow he posts great content a lot of good nice. wine stuff in there but a lot of good other stuff in there too and share this episode on your story tag Jake the producer tag seeing other people FYI you are still Jake the producer in my phone I I hope you know that. that. (laughs) Um, Thank you guys so much. And I can't wait to see you next time.